0: I had the, I've had this idea for a little while here and hadn't really finished it up. I wasn't sure if I was preaching tonight, so I kind of had it, and I finished, finished it up this afternoon. So, uh, Lord willing, it'll be a help to you. Uh, we got, man, it's been a little while since I've gotten to preach. I got to teach Sunday school this morning. I was all sorts of fired up teaching Sunday school before I got going, and Brother Spurgeon, a whole week of Spurgeon meetings, and then another Sunday with Brother Spurgeon. And then I got two days at camp. I preached at camp, so I took the edge off a little bit. But uh, Mark chapter 10, if you would, grab verse number 17, and uh, we're going to read a little bit right here, all the way down to verse number 31. But Mark chapter 10, verse 17, he says, "And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, "Good Master." What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about, and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answereth again, and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle ...than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all, and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake... And the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters, and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the world to come eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. And so we know this we know this spot, right? You've got the you got the rich young ruler. Uh, he's coming to the Lord. He's looking. He's asking all the right questions. You know, how do I get eternal life? How do I get salvation? How do I, how do I get it? And the Lord tells him, well, you've got to keep all these things. And he says, well, I've kept those. I've observed those from my youth. And the Lord loves him, and he says, all right, well, you're missing one thing. And that one thing to him was the most important thing uh, that he had not fixed. Uh, he had not eliminated the one God that was higher than God. Uh, he, the Lord called him out he said why callest thou me good there's none good but one God and if uh, you're calling me good and you know that I'm God then you need to listen to what I was about to say here and he says hey if I'm God then you sell all that you have and follow me and the young ruler is not ready to do that he's not ready to give that up he's not ready to give up whatever status he had and whatever wealth he had to become a pauper and follow Jesus Christ He's unwilling to give all. And the disciples are astonished because they're thinking like Job and Job's friends that with great riches comes the blessings of God. They can't understand how that works. And the Lord makes it very plain that uh, those riches are being trusted in. They're not trusting in Him, they're trusting in their own goodness, and he makes that distinction there and then he gets down and the, Peter makes this great statement right here. He says, lo, in verse number 28, lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And that's true, they had. We'll look a little bit more at that here shortly. But the Lord makes it even plainer that if you follow me, if you follow the Lord, you have great gains that a world doesn't understand and they don't get. And tonight, I want to talk a little bit about following the Lord, following Christ. He makes that statement repeatedly for folks to follow Him. And you think about the word follow, and there's a whole lot of definitions. If you were to grab a dictionary, uh, there's like 20-something definitions by the time you get the transitive and intransitive verbs and all the other pieces and everything. There's a ton of them. Uh, So I kind of simplified it just a little bit for you and more uh, the idea of of the direction we're thinking in this passage as well as in others, Uh, but the idea of to follow means to go after or behind. It means to pursue, that's a pretty good one, to accompany, to succeed in order of time, to pursue with the eye, to follow them with your eye, right, watch them. Uh, To imitate or copy. To think or to behave like another. To obey as ordered. And to be led or guided. Now you take all those definitions and you go ahead and think about Jesus Christ just for a moment. You know who he is. He's the Savior. He is the captain of our salvation. He is the chief shepherd. He is the first begotten of the dead. What does that mean? That means that he's not the only begotten of the dead. That's what that means. Uh, You say, what's that for me? That means that he's not the only one, and if I follow him, then he's not the only one. I get to join him. He's our guide. He's our leader. And he is, as Paul calls him, the head of of the church that's who he is he's much more than that but that's at least who he is and you realize that if those are what he is then there is a choice that must be made by every individual on the planet whether they're going to heed the call to follow him now all week long I don't know how it went for the second half of the week at camp I was really excited to hear camp testimonies tonight alright I got to hear Monday and Tuesday that was it Uh, I I got there very late, well, technically very early Monday morning, and I left very late Tuesday night. So I got to hear, uh, well, I know what I preached, and Brother Dewey preached, and then in the evening, uh, we got Brother David and Brother, uh, um, yeah, Brother Lutrick, thank you, uh, preached. And then the same, the following day, we had Brother Lutrick and Brother David preached, and then in the morning... Uh, some men preached, a little popcorn preaching style, and, and then Brother David Neath preached, uh, and just great messages, and they all were flowing together. So I just, I figure it kept flowing. You say, why? Because I've been in enough meetings, and the Lord doesn't need me around to, to keep it flowing. He's got it all under control. And so he probably kept it flowing for the rest of the week. But overall, what I got in two days was the concept that, you know what? The Lord's in control, and you need to get on board with him. Stand with him. Go with him. Go with what he's got going on. Uh, And he's got plenty going on. And so tonight, uh, I just want to continue that thought. Those that were at teen camp will get a little blessing and probably a little encouragement for what they heard. And those of you who missed out on teen camp because, well, you were here uh, doing what you were supposed to do and you missed out on some things uh, because you you couldn't be in both places, Uh, maybe you'll get a little something. Uh, of what they got to hear about, and I have no idea if anybody preached on this or or not, but uh, hopefully it'll help you out tonight. Father, I thank you for the day, and I thank you for uh, Lord bringing us here again tonight. I pray you would be with our teenagers and uh, Brother Kevin and Miss Mary, Lord, and and the others that are not feeling well tonight. We pray that your hand would be upon them. Lord, that you'd raise them up and strengthen them and heal them up, and Father, help them to be able to be here on Wednesday. Father, I don't know exactly when we'll do testimonies, but uh, Lord, I do pray that they'd be able to remember and recall and, and be able to bring to remembrance what they ought to say and, and how to praise you for what you have done in their lives this past week. Father, I pray you'd help me as I preach, help me to say what you want said and help it to be nothing more and nothing less than the words that you once said. And Lord, I pray that Jesus Christ would be praised tonight. You'd help us, each of us, to get a little closer and a little uh, better at following our Savior even tonight. And Lord, once again, we pray if someone is lost, that's never trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they're listening tonight, I pray they'd call upon Jesus Christ alone to save them for all of eternity. Father, we thank you for all that you've done, and we pray you'd come back soon to take us home. It's in Jesus, our Savior's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn back over to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, and the Lord says this phrase, to follow me repeatedly. Uh, I'm not going to go to all the places, because if I go to all the places, we'll be here for a while. Um, and some of them are, are uh, of course, parallels, and that and goes over and over again with the same, the same story with him saying it. And this is one of those spots in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 24. We'll pick it up. He says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom." Uh, he's making the statement here. Uh, He says, hey, follow me. And then he says, because either you're going to lose your life for your own sake or you can lose your life for mine and I can give you all the gains that you need. Uh, This is the idea ultimately of salvation. You lose your soul for all of eternity to get whatever it is that you want in this life. Uh, The idea of salvation shows, uh, what do I need? Well, you need to follow Jesus Christ if you want salvation for all of eternity. Uh, he goes ahead and the Bible says He lays down His life, a ransom for many. He paid the debt of the sins of the whole world. He makes it very plain. He says in jo- John chapter 14 that He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. you got to go His way. you got to follow after Him. He's looking at His disciples. They're supposed to be following Him. They're supposed to be paying attention to Him. He already says, Hey, you need to come My way, and if you don't come My way, you aren't getting in. And it's not because... Jesus Christ was good, although he was. He's God Almighty. But because he laid down his life and he paid the debt and he made the exchange for your sins, for his righteousness, he set it all up so you could have it that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. He made it set up so that you and I could have eternal life by coming to him and following what he asked you to do. In this case, it's the idea of following as to obey the order. You say, what's the order? You must be born again. That's an imperative. That's the order. The order is, hey, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's the way that he set up. It's his way. And you're either going to follow that or you'll follow it into a way of destruction and your soul will be paying for eternity the sins that you have committed because you wanted to run after whatever it is you wanted. We were just looking at it back there in Mark. He said that those, those folks over there, they're trusting in uncertain riches. That rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus Christ. Hey, what must I do to have eternal life? What do I got to do to get it? He says, well, uh, keep all these things, be, do all those right things. And he says, well, I've done all that. And he says, okay, fine. Sell everything you've got and give it to the poor. And then you'll have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. You say, well, it was, it was selling all this stuff and giving it away. That was going to give, nope. It was the following me part. It was following him that would get him there. It wasn't the selling all the things that you have and doing all those good works and trying to do all those things and trying to make it all look good. The Lord just put his finger on the thing that was keeping that man from following Jesus Christ. He put his finger on it and He said, this is the reason. There's plenty of reasons why people don't come to Jesus Christ. Whether it's their pride and their arrogancy and they figure they can do it themselves and I'll be good enough and I'll be smart enough and I'll get past a judgment between me and a holy God. But the truth is, you'll never get past a judgment between you and a holy God without the only redemption that is there with Jesus Christ. They say, well, you know, I'm just going to do my thing for a little while longer. Yeah, except boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. He says, hey, what is our life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You have no idea when God's going to go, nope, enough is enough. And people go, well, I'll do it when it's a better day. Well, then you're not following Him and you're not going to get eternal life. You haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You haven't called upon Him. There is no hope of eternal life without Him. Salvation comes because Jesus Christ gave His life a ransom for many. Salvation comes because He says, you know what I'll do? I'll exchange my life for yours. If you'll lose your life and you'll take my life, you can have eternal life. I'll save you forever. The exchange of our sinful life for His righteous life. Here in about, uh, oh, just a few days, we'll be getting into August. August, uh, somewhere in there, I don't have the exact date. August will be 30 years since I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Say it. At seven years old, how terrible were you? All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. Say when? At seven? Seven years old, growing up in church, all these... Yeah, all my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. Doesn't matter how old you were your life was full of sin. You might not have had as much because you didn't go as far because you weren't as old. But if you'd have been left there, you know where you'd be? Exactly where everybody else went. There's no question about that. And I am in full agreement. Brother Spurgeon, I think, said it. Uh, A bunch of preachers at camp said it. (laughs) Uh, I have a better testimony than Brother Spurgeon does. I don't have as exciting of a testimony as Brother Spurgeon does, but it's a better one. It's a better one, and some of you have an opportunity to have a better one than mine and not make the same mistakes that I made, not have the same mistakes that Brother James back there made, not have some of the same mistakes that other people around you made because we were stupid and we decided to go the way we wanted to go. But we follow Him to do what? That we'd get eternal life. Here He is. You could have it. You could follow Him in salvation and trust Jesus Christ alone. That He's the way, the truth, and the life and you can't get there without Him. Follow me. Follow me. Go back to Matthew chapter 4. I had this... uh, I had this message, I I promise, I've had this message idea for at least a month. It's been kicking around in the front of my Bible on a post-it note. You all know my fondness for post-it notes and scribbling down message ideas. All right? And so it's been sitting there. And so I didn't even think about Saturday, but this right here is good for Saturday. It's good for any day, but it's really good for Saturday. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, you know where I'm going. Verse number 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him, and going on from thence he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the ship and their father and followed him. You know what these four men were willing to do? They were willing to leave all and follow him. They got salvation, and then you know what he said about them? He said, You know what I'll do for you? I'll make you fishers of men. Well, it's only particular to those four. Not if you're going to follow after the one who saved you. You know his sole purpose? was to give his life a ransom for many. His statement about it is in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he showed up. He showed up to go ahead and save a whole bunch of people. And whosoever will, let him come. But why are we so poor at fishing? If we're following Him, we ought to be fishers of men. Now, whether it's out of the street corner on Saturday, or whether it's going to the store and handing out some gospel tracts, or whether it's doing one of the Bible handouts that we're going to do again, or whether it's uh, going out on visitation like they did yesterday, or whether it's going and just being a personal witness and talking to people yourself, whatever it is, you better be fishing pastor mentioned it this morning we did those bible handouts and it was a new way for us personally wasn't a new way for brother netterville he started that up a couple years ago during COVID, during the start of covid and trying to figure out a way to go ahead and see some people come to the savior you say what was he doing he was looking on how to be a fisher of men he was looking for another way to see some people come to a savior Brother james said it you maybe ought to just get out of your comfort zone make yourself a little uncomfortable And try something new. We don't like trying new things. People don't like doing new things. Uh, They get nervous about new things. They get worried. Oh, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know, you know. uh, uh, So, thanks to Jenny Moody, I have a wonderful smoker at my house. It's a pellet smoker. Pit Boss 1150, you know, Pro Series. Very nice. Ding and dent. She got me a huge discount. Praise the Lord. You know what I've been doing? I've been trying all sorts of new things. Say, what are they? Delicious new things. That's what they are. Uh, brother, call up Brother Spurgeon. and Ask him how smoked meatloaf is. Smoked, stuffed meatloaf. Say, what is that? Amazing. That's what it is. That's what it is. Did a pork shoulder while he was here. Yeah pork tenderloin, you asked Brother James about some pig shots, shotgun shells, you don't know what those are, those are a blessing. Not just the rounds you put in your gun either, I'm telling you right now, put it on the smoker, it's going to be amazing. Well, say, what are you doing? I'll put real round yeah, not a real round in the smoker, <laughs> There. look up the recipe please. Um, you say, what, what are you doing? What do you mean? You know, the things that you like to do when it's new? Those are fun. Why isn't it more fun for you to do something new soul-winning? I'll tell you why, because your flesh doesn't like it. And it gets you uncomfortable. And it makes you feel like, well, I don't know if I want to, I mean, worms are kind of gross, and I don't really want to try and put it on the hook and everything. And you go, well, it's just uncomfortable for me. Well, I've never cast that net, and I don't really know, and it, and it feels weird to try and get it to tie off and to drop in and then get it to be able to pull in and drag across. And I've never done that before, and I'll probably look dumb when I do it. Probably. But you know who starts to look good is the one who does it often. You know, I was standing there next to Brother Netterville the first day, out there on Friday when we were out at the Bible handout. And I've been, I've been out so, I don't know, I don't know how many times. I've knocked doors, I've gone street preaching, I've done all those things. Never done a Bible handout. First Bible handout I was at was on that Friday. And I thought, I want to, I mean, we've got Brother Netterville here. I said, I want to listen how he does it. Don't you know how? Of course I know how. I want to know how he does it. Why? Because when other people start doing it, you know what you can do? You can learn from people who have done it a while. And maybe they do it some way that you've never done it. And he gets there, and I don't know if I've told anybody, I've told a few people this, I don't know if I use this. He's up there, and he uh, we're right in front of J C JCPenney Plaza, right, and we're sitting right there. And that first girl that came up, that, that woman that worked at Wendy's, that came to the Lord, she ends up getting saved that day. He, he gets talking to her. And he says, uh, well, you know, my, wife, my wife's right over there, you know, we've been, we've been married for how many years they were, you know, he's telling her that. He goes, now let's say I wanted to get her a gift, and I walked back there, and I went into JCPenney, and I went in and I found something that she'd like. He goes, then what do I do? And she says, well, you give it to her. And he goes, no, I don't. And I'm like, what in the world is he doing? Why is he yelling at this girl? This is not, what. and he goes, don't I got to pay for it first? And she starts laughing. She goes, well, yeah, you know, of course, yeah. He goes, because every gift has to be paid for. Now, if you don't get that analogy, you need to check and make sure you got saved, all right? Uh, Every gift must be paid for, and the gift of God is eternal life. And he rolled right into the gospel and how Jesus paid for all of her sins. I stood there, I heard that illustration, and I went, I don't have to listen to him anymore. He has, he has got it down. He has got different ways on dealing with people and he saw the way that would help her. He read her like a book when she walked up. Say, so what is he? I think Brother Netterville is a fisher of men. And the Lord made him that way. Can anybody say that about you? That you're a fisher of men? If you're following Christ, you ought to be. You ought to be a fisher of men. You ought to enjoy getting to see somebody else come. You know, the closest thing you ever get to having the joy and the excitement of the day that you got saved is the day you're about your father's business and you get to see somebody else come to the Savior. The Lord's entire ministry was about his father's business. I do always those things that please the Father. That's what He did over and over and over and over again. And if we're following Him, you know what we ought to be doing? All things that please the Father. And it's His will that they come to the Savior. And they're not going to come if we don't say anything. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Say, what am I supposed to do? Uh, You know what? If you follow Him, you'll become a fisher of men. By the way, He'll make you one if you'd let Him. He'll make you fishers of men. If you're willing to follow, he'll make you one. Say, what do I got to do? You got to follow him. Not just come after and come behind him, but follow in his steps and learn from him. To think or behave like another. I made mention, Pastor made mention before visitation. I made mention tonight. Uh, You don't know how to do it. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. You don't know. You feel uncomfortable. We'll put you with somebody who's comfortable, who's done it before. Everybody's nervous. <laughs> hey, Brother James, Saturday, you're going to be nervous when we get out to the street corner? <laughs> every time. I'm nervous every time. Right up until I go, the Bible says, and then everything seems to calm down. It's always nerve wracking. It's always nervous to reach in and grab a gospel track and talk to someone. You have no idea what they're going to do, what they're going to say, all of a sudden. It's always going to be nervous. Your flesh doesn't like it. It's all those nerves coming up, but the fear of man bringeth a snare. And the truth is, right? Perfect love casteth out fear. And he didn't give you the spirit of fear. And so you should be a confident fisher of men. You ought to be able to have some confidence that he'll never leave you nor forsake you and that he'll help you to get the answer and he'll help you to do the right thing and to say the right thing. Anyway, I'm going to stop on that. I could say a couple more things. I won't. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I'm almost done, actually. Kind of. I'm on the last point, anyways. Been a long week. We've had a lot of preaching over the last few weeks, especially those that went to camp. They got a lot of preaching in. John chapter 10. Uh, not only if you follow him, not only do you get salvation, he'll make you a fisher of men. And not only that, I like this. This might take me a little bit to get through all of, but John chapter 10, look at verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You say, you already talked about salvation. I did. I did, but look back just a little bit here. He's talking about the shepherd, and he's talking about the sheep, and he's talking about giving them eternal life. But that's not all he gives them. Look back earlier. If he's a good shepherd, and that's what he calls himself, look at verse number 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came out before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Then what? And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Uh, You know what I think? I think if you follow him, you'll get abundant blessings till eternal life. He'll call you home, take care of the rest. He's already given you eternal life, but it's the blessings in this life you'll get if you'd follow Him. It's the blessings here. He made mention to the disciples, right, that although they'll have persecution, although they'll have trouble back there in Mark chapter 10, if they'd follow Him, you know what they get? If they'd be willing to forsake father and mother and sisters and brother and all the things and they'd be willing to get rid of all those things and go ahead and follow Him, you know what they'd gain? They'd gain all those things back on a greater scale, more abundant. And in the world to come, life eternal. In this life, they would get something because they were willing to follow Him. How many blessings beyond measure do you have when you do it His way? How much abundance do you get because you're willing to follow Jesus Christ in His character? who He is, and why He does what He does. How many blessings do you get in your life because you realize that if I do it God's way, God can bless it, and if I don't do it God's way, He can't bless it. We understand the law of sowing and reaping. Galatians chapter 6, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh, shall the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit, shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. And be not weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap, if you faint not. We understand if we do it God's way, we get the blessings. And if we do it the fleshly way, we do it our way. We do it the way we want to. You know what we end up with? A mess. That's what we end up with. We end up with what we had before we got saved. A life of tribulation without any cause to have it. Because we could have just done it right. The lost man wanders about and he makes the mistakes because he has only got a fleshly mind. He doesn't know how to do anything right. When he does it right, he does it on accident. That's the only way he knows. He goes ahead and he puts everything on a scale and he goes, okay, well, this option sounds better than that option, so I'll go with that one. The carnal Christian lives that way. He puts it on the scale and he goes, well, this job is better than that job, so I'm going to go to that job, even though it's going to ruin me and ruin my family because it's going to pull me out of church. But I make five bucks an hour better. That's, that's the world scale. That's the carnal man scale. The spiritual man, his job is supposed to be, okay, throw out the scale and ask the Lord. <laughs> Lord, this one looks better, but I don't know what to do, so you tell me. Now I'll give you some illustration because, I mean, let's face it, you go, oh, that's just a whole bunch of cute sayings. Okay, so uh, just go ahead and ask Samuel what he thought of Eliab. Oh, surely we've got the Lord's anointed right here, right? David's eldest brother, we got the Lord's anointed. He's on cork in the bottle, ready to anoint the next king of Israel. You know what they would have had? They would have had Saul 2.0. And the Lord says, cork that back up, Samuel. Man of God, you've got it wrong. You're not living spiritually right here because you're looking as man looketh. Man looketh on the outward appearance and the Lord looketh on the heart. Wrong answer, Samuel. So how'd Samuel get the right answer? You listen to the Lord. He goes through all the brothers looking around going, the Lord told me it was here. Jesse, you got any more kids? <laughs> oh yeah, there's that one we forgot about out in the pasture. He's keeping the sheep. I'll go get him. And by the way, you're all going to stand up till he gets here. Making me wait. <laughs> David shows up and Lord says, there he is. That's the man after my own heart that I promised Israel. Say, who knew that? Samuel didn't know that when he walked in the door until the Lord told him. Say, well, that's one example. Okay, fine. Uh, You got the prophet Nathan comes up in front of David, right? And David says, uh, it's not right that I live in this beautiful palace, right? His cedar palace. This is a fantastic house. And the Lord's got got a tent. That's what he's living in. I'm going to build him a house. And you know what Nathan says? He says, Do whatever's in your heart. That sounds like a good plan. Until Nathan sleeps on it. <laughs> and then he gets up and he goes, David, hang on. Mm-hmm. Drop the plans and bring everything together, but you're not allowed to build the house. Didn't that look like a good idea? I mean, how terrible of an idea is it? I want to build a house for the Lord. That's a good idea. why the Lord stop it? Because it wasn't supposed to be David. Oh, but it makes sense. Yeah, but it wouldn't be abundant life if it just made sense. The blessings of God don't come because they make sense. They come from following Him. The children of Israel constantly, as they came walking into a new land, and they are going to take the land, starting with the walls of Jericho, not one plan makes sense. (laughs) Crossing the Red Sea and defying Pharaoh's army does not make sense. How many things did the Lord do that you just look around and go, that doesn't even make sense? And the Lord says, yeah, but that's what I bless. This is what I bless. Now, that doesn't mean that it can't make sense. The Lord will do that too. Say, well, then how do I know? By following Him. We talked about it a lot this morning. How do you know how to follow Him? By opening a Bible and finding out what He told you. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Uh, Either He's ordering your steps and you're following orders and you're going ahead and walking the way that He wants you to walk and you're following in His steps and you're going the way that He wants you to go or you're not. And you know what He can't do? He can't bless you. The blessings of God are conditional. Eternal life's a free gift. You took it upon faith and trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You followed what He told you to do right there. The rest of your life could be blessed or not based upon what you want to do with Him. Whether you want to follow Him or whether you don't. No longer the question of salvation. You've already got eternal life. But what He wants to do in the meantime is give you life more abundant. How do I get that? By following Him. Listening to Him. Yielding, because He told you to yield. Giving up, because He told you to give up. Stop thinking the way you used to think. Look here at the end of the book of John. John chapter 21. I'm closing it up. Jesus stands there and he says, hey, follow me. Follow me. And I'll give you eternal life. I'll give you salvation. Follow me. You lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. I'll give you eternal life. Hey, you want to become fishers of men? Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He looks over, he says, hey, you want abundant life? Go ahead, follow me. I'll give you abundant life and then I'll give you eternal life when we're done. I'll give you all the blessings in this life and then I'll give you blessings there too because you did it my way. Get to John chapter 21. Now you know what's happening in John chapter 21, right? Peter and a few of the other disciples decide they're going to get on a boat. They're going fishing. Jesus Christ catches Peter naked. Peter comes to shore. Lord's got some Maybe five barley loaves and two small fishes. I don't know. It's not in the text, but that sounds pretty good. Say, why? Because Peter went to go make his own money. The Lord says, what are you doing making money? I didn't tell you to do that. Peter, you're not following orders. Peter, you quit following me to go off and try and catch some fish, and I didn't let you have any fish until I told you where they were. Peter, you want fish? I've got fish. I've got an abundant life over here. I take five barley loaves and two small fishes and feed 5,000 men plus women and children. i got abundance whenever I feel like abundance. Peter, you don't need to get on a boat and make your own living. I told you what to do. And of course, you know what you get into. Peter asking the question, or getting asked the question, lovest thou me more than these? Peter, do you love me? Peter... Do you love me? Verse number 17. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, the son of, jo- son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou art thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Peter, here's how you're going to die, but follow me. Look what Peter's reply is, verse 20. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and saith, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him that he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. John's the one whom Peter asks about. He looks over at John and he says, yeah, but what about him? What's he going to do? The Lord doesn't say he's going to tarry till he comes. He says, if I want that to happen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I want to do with John, Peter. It doesn't matter about anybody else. It makes no difference whether or not anybody else in this room is going to follow the Lord. The only question is, Peter, are you going to follow me? The only question tonight is, are you going to follow him? Are you going to? It doesn't matter if I follow him. It doesn't matter if Pastor follows him. It doesn't matter, Brother James. It doesn't matter, Brother Viscom. Doesn't matter anybody else in the room. Are you going to follow him? Because guess what? You can look at so and so and go, "Hey, are they going to follow?" Well, what's going to happen with them? Doesn't matter what's going to happen with them. You aren't accountable for what happens to them. You're accountable for whether you're going to follow or not follow. And Lord's looking tonight, and he needs He needs some folks that'll just keep following Him till He takes them on home. And I don't know when that'll be, and you don't know when that'll be, but would you be willing to follow Him? And If you're lost in here, you need to follow Him and get saved already. If you're saved in here, maybe you haven't been following close enough to become a fisher of men. Maybe you haven't been following enough to get any of the blessings because you keep doing it your way. Maybe you're getting a few blessings here and there, but you realize they're so sporadic because you haven't been following them. And you're too busy worrying about everybody else, whether they're following. We have, what's so-and-so doing? doesn't matter. What is that to thee? <laughs> Peter, you and I are having a conversation. You know what I like? The Lord's personal. He's, he's, he's not going, hey, Brother Braley, guess what I'm going to do with Mike over here. He doesn't care if Brother Braley knows what's going on. He cares if Brother Mike knows what I... Do. He doesn't care about... Brother Braley doesn't have to worry about what I'm doing with Mike. Brother Brayley doesn't... He doesn't have to worry what the Lord's doing with anybody else in the room. You know what he's worried about? Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord looks around out of the glories of heaven and He says, Who will go for us? And Isaiah looks around and he says, well, here am I, send me. You know what he didn't say? Well, here's my friend. (laughs) I'm sure they could go. Hey, you know what? If you send me and -and so-and-so, we could go together. No, it was here am I. I'll follow. I'll go. I'll do it. I'll go. You can trust me. I'll do what you ask me to do. I'll follow you. Would you be willing to follow him tonight? Follow him, get the blessings. Follow him, finish an eternal life. Follow him, become a fisher of men. Let's go ahead and stand tonight. It's you and him. If he's your savior, it's you and him. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not the sole winner. I ought to be. Okay. Come get some help. Well, you know, I'm not getting the blessings I ought to get. Then come get some help. Say, Lord, I, I, I don't know what way you want me to go, but I want to do it your way. I want to do it your way. Well, I, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that. We'll, we'll help you get to the place where you can learn how to win a soul to Christ. To talk to Him personally, one-on-one. Get a chance to try and test some things out. See how it works. See some different ways you can do it in your own life, at home, out at school, out at work, out at Walmart, out at the gas station, out just walking around with your family. Be able to talk to somebody. Would you be willing to follow Him? If you're lost in here tonight, you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior. No, He says, He says, come on to me. Come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I'll take care of it, and he'll wash you of all your sins, and you can have assurance, know that you're in heaven for all of eternity. We'll ask that you come, and just come and get my attention, and we'll have somebody open a Bible and show you all that he said, the truth that you can have your sins forgiven forever. Will it be tonight? Father, we pray you would bless the hour. Continue to work. We thank you for what you've done tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.